I know some very successful architects in my town who are also very well connected, right? Which is their own kind of social network that is not relying on the internet to do, who are super busy. And I don't think that it's a whole lot different, that the difference really is going to be in what kind of information do you want out there about you? And to me, it's about how I think and how I approach things and how I can fix that problem that the drafting service did. Or come to me when they've screwed it up and you need and you want it done right. And and not to like toot your own horn, but you are a professional and that this is what you've gone to school for, this is what you do every single day, and you solve these problems. And and I think it's a huge opportunity that is not going to be a negative draw on your business to have that kind of information out there. Welcome to Archispeak, a podcast about all things architecture. My name is Neil Pan. Join me and my co-hosts, Evan Troxell and Cormac Phelan, every other week as we explore what it is like to work in the profession of architecture. Have you ever worked with an architect? Have you ever wanted to be an architect? Maybe you're in school and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Or perhaps you know exactly what it is like as you've been working in the profession for a long time and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture. It's time for some Arcuspeak. Welcome to episode 82 of the Arcuspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. I'm Cormac Phelan. This episode of Arcuspeak is sponsored by ArcCat. We're also sponsored by Roundhouse PM. We'll talk more about each of them later in the show. But first up, we have some friends of the show to announce. This week, we've got a brand new friend of the show. It's Barbara Brem from Texas, and she's a landscape architect who just started listening to the show because her son wants to study architecture when he graduates high school, it sounds like. So very cool. Thank you, Barbara, for becoming a friend of the show. And if you would like to become a friend of the show and get your name read on the air and uh, help make the show possible, you can do that at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate. So guys, I want to get started this week with a question. Uh, and that question is, do, we re- do, do architects really need a website? And, and let, me, let me kind of pre- give a little bit of backstory here. We're, around where I live, I've, I've got a couple of colleagues, each have their own f- small firm and neither one of them have a website and yet they're really crazy busy and they've been very, you know, relatively successful, um, you know, for a small firm in a small, you know, relatively small, uh, metropolitan area. Um, they've done quite well for themselves and they've, there's, there's a number of reasons we can kind of get into uh, a little bit about this, but, uh, you know, why they've been successful. Um, but neither one of them has a website. And, and I guess, Kind of where I'm coming on this as well is that I, I do have a website. And what I find ironic about it is that um, a lot of the calls that I get, either, you know, I usually always ask people, how did you find out about me? If they're cold calling me or not coming from, uh, a re- a, say, a reference from a prior project or something. And so usually I, the answer I get is, oh, well, I just did a search, Livermore Architects, and um, it'd be in the city I live in and, oh, your name, you know, popped up near the top and I saw your website or um, I was on house and, you know, 
search for that area and you know you you popped up and neither one of these guys are on house they they don't have their own websites and you know they they have other avenues i guess of uh of finding or you know work finding them so i i'm just i'm just curious what do you guys think about the question do you do you really need to have a website as an architect let me ask a little bit more about their backstory and okay how old are they oh they're they're you know my age oh so they're old. older than dirt no i'm just kidding okay. <laughs> well no the reason i ask is because you know this is it's kind of a two-part question or a, a two-part two-part response there you know because architects existed without websites for a very long time it was word of mouth business card socializing meeting and greeting and stuff like that and you know that's how they got their jobs and they still exist that way we we still do that we still attend events where you know we're pressing the flesh and talking to people and things like that but this can also be a conversation about the future and how are how are architects going to get um you know draw up some publicity or put like say a portfolio out there so that people who are just doing the drive-by selection can say okay i looked at neil's i looked at evans they got really nice um projects and stuff but i kind of prefer what neil is putting out there so i'm gonna you know give him a call or maybe i'll give them both a call and just see who's going to be the cheapest this could be a question of our website's going to be a useful marketing tool for the future because this is sort of, I've always looked at um, websites as a digital business card. You know, it's just like, you know, here, here check out my work on, you know, neopan.com. So I don't know, that that's it's just a thought. It's like, you know, there's there's like the old school way of doing things and then is is the website part of this untapped new school thing. I view a website as way more than a portfolio, too, uh, because, for instance, I would set up a website if I had my own architecture firm, um, no doubt about it, because I want people to know how I think, and I also want them to know that I am not the cheapest. Because if you're if you're setting up a website so that, like you said, Cormac, if, if it's like a the worst case scenario, which I, is how I would label it, is I'm going to look up people and find give them a call on who's the cheapest. Like if my website can show the value that I give them and that I um, I don't have to worry about somebody like that calling me and wasting my time. Because, Neil, I think that this is something that happens often, right? This is something you complain about. Yeah. Because, you know, and because it's a very real thing. Um, and you're using valuable time to talk to these people who have no intention of using you. Well, or, or they're... I, I understand what you're saying. They, the intention may be, and this often happens too, is that you, you receive a phone call and um, they, they may have every intention of, of possibly using you, but most likely, or very often I find, is that they have no clue about how to proceed. And so uh, most of the question is, uh, I want to add this or do this or you know, remodel the X and I don't know how to do this. Um, I, I think I need an architect yeah. and, and sometimes the answer is actually, no, you don't. Um, and I'm very upfront with people and I'll tell them that it's like, Oh, you just want to remodel your kitchen. You're not moving walls around just maybe cabinetry or something. You don't need me. You don't need to pay me to do that. Um, I'd be more than happy to do that for you, but here's a way, uh, the way I see it is as a, as a, you know, as I'm trying to be, provide a service. And sometimes that service is 
you don't need to spend money on me. And here's a way you can get what you want done um, in a cost-effective manner that may not include me. And I'm okay with that um, uh, because I, I don't want to take, I don't want to do a project for somebody that uh, is going to feel like, oh, I, I wasted money. I didn't need that guy um, or I didn't need that architect. Um, but I'm happy to, to provide the service if they do really need me. But this is where you really could add a lot of extra value, don't you? Instead of starting the conversation off by – and then we're totally going to wrap, down the rabbit hole here. But right. You're starting the conversation off saying, well, you don't really need me for this, but I'd be happy to do it. Instead, you could be saying, I designed the best effing kitchens you've ever seen. Like, let's talk about this. And I'm, this is a, an exciting project. I mean, those right. are two completely different takes on the same phone call. Yeah, that's true, actually. And I mean, that, that is a great take. Um, and one, maybe I, I need to employ more, um, <laughs> uh, honestly. But I think oftentimes... Um, when I, when I do get those calls, they're looking for an explanation. How do I do this? And what services do you provide? And, well, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say that that's a good opportunity for the website to do a little bit of the legwork for you. Exactly. Talk, you know, put on there, you know, the process. And we've got plenty of friends. And, and I was just actually looking at America McKeel's uh, website. And so the, she talks about the process about hiring an architect and things like that, or when didn't use an architect and when not to. So she's really using her website as kind of a, a, a way to kind of break the ice before the ice has even been served kind of thing. And, and I, and I like that opportunity to do the pre conversation conversation through the website. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of education. You kind of show ahead of time that you know what you're talking about and that you're, you're, you're throwing out a bunch of ideas. Uh, it could go this direction. It could go this direction. It could go this direction. I'm here to help you solve which direction you want to go. Right. But, but here are the things that we think about. And, and to me, this is, that's where I kind of started that whole little segment there was, was it is your personal platform and everybody should have their own personal platform. If, if you're interested in finding clients or having them find you, that think like you do so that you're not wasting your time on the ones that don't. And I really like to my soul believe that you have to have your own platform and not rely on somebody else's like house or Facebook or whatever it is that you want to put your stuff on because seriously, like you are, you are what they are selling and I, and you cannot just completely rely on them. Now it, it totally makes sense to have a presence on those. And I know that lots of architects also get work through those but you can't rely on them, especially when they're selling you. I mean, they're making money off of you doing that, and you have no guarantee that they're going to stay around. Uh, there, there's lots of examples of of that really biting people in the butt. So that you know, that's that's just another way to think about it: is provide your provide your own platform that shows how you think, that's your voice consistently, and I think that will pay dividends in the end. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're just going to echo what Evan said. I mean, you're shaping your, you're shaping your own narrative. You're starting the conversation off on what you want to talk about, even before you even have the conversation with them, the actual face-to-face conversation with them. There's, they sort of know where Neil's coming from. And, you know, it's not just a snapshot or a portfolio thing, but it's really kind of, you know, I mean, if you know, hiring an architect's a pretty serious thing. I mean, 
It's not. It, it's it, probably it, the most it, money someone is ever going to spend on anything. Exactly. So, yeah. really, they you know you want this to be not just a business card of like, okay, here's a pic- pretty picture of what I can do, but here's what it's like working with me. You know, let's step into the soul of Neil. <laughs> oh, that's a dark place. I don't know if I want to go there. I, I will say this, and I don't know if this has been uh, for good or for bad. Um, I Not long ago, I did put a services uh, tab on my website that sort of explains um, the process that you would typically go through, that an architect typically goes through. Um, I probably need to expand that a little more to break it down to help some of the more... Uh, residential clients to understand the process that um, not only that I will go through, but that they will go through to kind of expand that to get to what you're talking about, Evan, um, you know, to, to kind of uh, maybe not necessarily weed out, but just to give people some to kind of make that initial conversation a little bit less uh, um, educational because some of that information is already provided. But after I added that services uh, along there, there's no fee particularly uh, identified, but there is some percentages of cost of construction that break down into the different phases. And I've noticed I've received fewer calls <laughs> once I put that up there. So maybe maybe some of the people that uh, wouldn't hire me anyway because they want something for $500, you know, they want their blueprints for $500. And, um, you know, I, I can't work like that. So I can't make a living at that. So you know, maybe some of those people are are seeing that and they go, oh, wow, well, this is going to cost me, you know, X amount of money. And wow, he's going to charge how much percentage wise. And so maybe they, they go away and they don't call me and that's okay. But but it's interesting. And, and I, I love what you guys are saying, because I think that uh, it really sort of gets to the uh, the question I have about, do you really need a website? Because I think what you guys are both saying are, are reasons for having a website. I do find it interesting that I think there's other ways that people have work find them. I, I know one of them receives a lot of work from uh, people he knows and uh, through his church. Um, another one had some past uh, clients uh, at the firm he used to work for that uh, have decided to move over and, and work with him. And then that's kind of grown organically from there. Um, so uh, so I, I think there's other ways that uh, that you can get work. So honestly, I don't think you have to have a website, but I think if you are, it depends. I, I liked Cormac's first question, how old are you? Um, because <laughs> I, that is a pretty good indicator. And I know some very successful architects in my town who are also very well connected, right? Which is their own kind of social network that is mm-hmm. not relying on the internet to do, um, right. who, who are super busy. And I don't think that it's a whole lot different, that the difference really is going to be in what kind of information do you want out there about you? And to me, it's about how I think and how I approach things and yeah. how I can fix that problem that the drafting service did or come to me when they've screwed it up and you need, and you want it done right. And, and not to like toot your own horn, but you are a professional and that this is what you've gone to school for. This is what you do every single day and you solve these problems. And, and I think it's a huge opportunity that is not going to be a negative draw on your business to have that kind of information out there. Uh, Whereas somebody who is just relying on word of mouth, I mean, that's all they have. And it is very easy. I mean, this is kind of like the Yelp version of of the real world. 
if one person says something bad about you to a potential client, that client will not call you. Right. And so you, you've, if you're going to put all of your eggs into that basket, it might be good to have something else out there that shows all of the things you are capable of and it shows your track record. I mean, everybody puts out there, you know, the billboard ad or the, you know, the park bench, you know, ad type stuff to kind of like be an introductory thing. But this really is a good, useful tool to let people know more than just the little extras, you know, I mean, you know, let, let you kind of delve a little bit deeper into what services and, and stuff uh, you can bring. Yeah. Agree. Speaking of, uh, services you can bring. What about a sponsor break? Absolutely. How about we talk a little bit about Arcat? So we're all pretty busy and sometimes we feel we could use another hand to help out. I know I do. Uh, would you like somebody to help you out? Maybe drawing some CAD details for you? How about maybe creating some BIM objects for you? How about, I know Cormac, you would like this, write specifications for you. I don't have to do that so often. But How much would all of that cost if I were to have, have somebody else do that for me? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, uh, how about we have an assistant do this all for free? And that assistant is going to be RCAT. RCAT is the answer, and RCAT has already done all of this for you. You can search the RCAT libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, and more. All of this content created for you free of charge with no registration required. Stop registering on sites for content. Just come to RCAT and find what you need. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Check out RCAT today at RCAT.com. And thanks, RCAT, for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. So guys, we're branching off of this question about uh, websites. I want to talk about the photos that are on the websites and who gets credit for them. And, you know, I know, Cormac, you have a little bit of history on... uh, you know, maybe a project you worked on and how you have some, some thoughts about, you know, maybe using that, some of those photos, um, you know, in your portfolio. But I mean, what, what do you put on your website, especially, okay. From my example, being an architect, I've been doing this a while, but I've oftentimes worked or most of my career worked for other people. And sometimes that work in my past has been mostly production housing, not something that is going to necessarily appeal to the type of client that I'm trying to obtain now on my own. So I don't actually show any of that work. I possibly could, um, but I didn't really design it. Um, I was the project manager on the project, or I just did the construction drawings for that maybe when I was a job captain. So is that really something I want to show as my own work? Well, there's also just to take that just to skosh further you're you know you've been working for somebody else you feel like it's you know time for you to branch out on your own but all of the examples of work that you've ever done you know that you have that you would like to present to another client is as you know examples of your work are through another firm and so how do you represent that on your website, through, you know, media where you're sitting down and you're talking to them. How do you do that with outbreaking any copyright rules or paying, you know, giving, you know, credit to where credit's due or, 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 you know, are you 
marketing somebody else's work and then, you know, does it come back and bite you that, you know, it's like, like here I showed this work. Yeah, I did this work when I was at somebody else, but I didn't reference that somebody else. And this client finds out that it's not, I'm just going to use you as an example, just say it's not a Neil Pan job. Right. It's a Arcaspeak job. And it was when Neil was working at Arcaspeak, not, you know, Neil Pan himself. And, and so how do you then go out and kind of market that work that you say, this is what I can do? Well, I yeah, think because that's a challenge yeah. that everybody's facing, especially when they're going out on their own for the first time. Yeah. How do you market yourself with material that even though you worked on it, even though you designed it, even though you did all the production documents on it, it's technically not your yeah. Well, usually in like a employee manual, I know that they have this in the office I work in. It says anything that you produce when you're working for them, you know, on their dime, they own, right? And and that's just when you sign for that employee manual, you're signing that you understand that. And so, yeah, you're, you're talking about imagery that is produced during the process of the project. You're talking about photography after the fact. Uh, you're talking about the drawings that you worked on. And while I think it's kind of a just a, a known thing in the industry that people use those, I think what we're doing is we're making a distinction here between using those to get a job, you know, when you're potentially interviewing at another place versus showing it on your website as part of your portfolio. Those, to me, are two very different things. Yeah, right. I agree. And, and And I'm more trying to, I guess, gather what your thoughts are on well the, I, you know i can the, the tell ladder. you when if if i'm talking to a client they don't really care or they may not know and or understand now i'm dealing with a different sort of client than than you might be when dealing with a school or a college or or something like that which i think is at a, a totally different level of um their uh, of a client being concerned about you selling somebody else's work um or work that you know, maybe from somebody else. Um, but when I'm doc- talking to, you know, a residential client, um, they're not really going to care uh, or understand that, you know, maybe I produce this at another firm. So I, in a conversation like that, I wouldn't necessarily even bring it up because it's just going to muddy the, muddy the water of the conversation. It's like, oh, well, here's, here's some work I did, but technically I did this at another firm, but I did do the work. It, they're not going to care about that. Well, of course they don't care. I mean, but what you have to do is protect yourself <laughs> if, they, if they do care. Well, um, absolutely. Absolutely. But so I think if you're going to show some imagery on your website, I think you need to, A, I mean, just, just like, um, actually, in, in some cases, I do credit the photographer um, that took the photos um, of my own projects. But if I was going to show projects that I worked on for photography, of projects I might have worked on, I would certainly say work performed at this firm or, or give some sort of credit to where that work was produced. If it if it wasn't produced at you know in, in this example at Neil A. Pan Architect, right? You want to do the same thing that you would expect of your own work, right? Where you you are a professional and you own the copyright on your drawings, and if somebody else were to use those, what would you want to do about it? I mean, that's kind of the position you have to take with it as far as anybody else goes as well. And honestly, like if I were to go somewhere else and show images that I've made from the company that I've worked on, I really need to own those images for me to, to show them as mine. Uh, right. and, and you definitely can 
a lot of times work out that deal with the photographer who made the images because it's a really weird thing, right? Where we design the building, the contractor builds the building, the photographer photographs it. Who owns the images? Well, depending on the license agreement, typically it's the photographer. They are the professionals who put all of the science together to get that image, right? Yeah, and technically their licensing agreement is not here you've bought them now you own them outright it's well it depends yeah you've bought them and you're technically you're licensing them them. yeah you're you're licensing and it and so yeah that might be the technique that might be typical it might not be i mean i i have a photographer who is who i use all the time and and this is just one of the reasons i like to use him let alone he's my friend and i like to catch up when he shoots my projects but but he he doesn't have that license agreement he is use it however you want they're your images after because he doesn't want to deal with all that licensing. And there are lots of other photographers who absolutely don't think that way. They own the, the images. And I, and I have some of these that I have copies of on a project that I worked on. And that photographer is very much like you will pay me to use these images in this specific way. Um, and that's the license agreement that we have with him. And so it it really depends on that license. And you're a professional, and you expect the courtesy of people uh, obeying your copyrights on your designs. You should honestly uh, honor that for them as well and not just throw it out there and say, well, I'm not really hurting anybody. I mean, really, you need to honor those contracts that you have with those people. Right. So, so you could go to the photographer who photographed the building that you worked on, and you could say, I would like to buy a license of these images off of you. How much is that going to cost? And then you can negotiate that, right, so that you can use them completely legally. Um, or you could go to the building and photograph it yourself. Now, you're probably not going to get the same great images that that photographer got, or you could hire a photographer to go out and reshoot it if you can work out a, a deal with, with the owner of the building again. So it's complicated, right? There's so many different things going on here. But really on your website, you should be showing images that you own only um, if you really want to stay out of any trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of, uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, bridge the gap here b- between what I was thinking, you know, the intent of like, you know, how does, how does one go about marketing it? And I guess that that's the point is that, you know, I, I understand owning the images um, and showing those images, but if the actual work itself, I mean, so I guess what I'm trying to get is how do we how do we like market ourselves, especially as a new guy out there on the street trying to show everybody what he can do? But, you know, again, he doesn't have a list of projects that's Neopan specific. It's Neopan as Arcaspeak, you know, kind of thing. And so how does he how does he go out there and, and actually market himself that way? And, you know, and, and I guess it's. Uh, maybe this is just a, a, a tangent that's really not worth exploring, but I just, I, I, it's kind of rough. I mean, because, you know, we do have a lot of listeners who, um, you know, go out on their own or are a small business that, you know, is just a one man, two man shop that they're, you know, guys that used to work together in a bigger firm. Now they went out on their own and they're doing their own thing. And how do they, if they're marketing for commercial or marketing for residential or whatever, how do they go about marketing themselves with examples from somebody else's firm or do they? Honestly, I don't think you do. I think you try to figure out any way you can to build your portfolio 
and and you can talk about your experience because as architects we are enamored with the image and so that's all we're really talking about here but i don't think that that's what people are really necessarily shopping for yeah so let me let me give you an example of why i was thinking about this in this particular way is um i have a, a friend of mine who uh, owns a firm that i used to work for down in florida and um, he was going after a project and another firm was going after a project and he was throwing up examples of, of work that he's done that that particular firm has done and representing it as his, his work because it legitimately is his work and then the competing firm that subsequently got the project was putting up work that had been done by either an associate architect or a different architect of record that they did work on the project, but they didn't actually do the work. So, you know, and so, but so they got the job based off of representing themselves as, you know, they basically just signed and sealed some documents or something, but never really did the doc, you know. So that's kind of a, I know that's a completely different because no, once you I, sign I, and seal it, don't yeah. you sort of take ownership? Well, I guess my question would be sorry, that's a total tangent there. No, what does this have to do with the topic? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? It's our show. Yeah, we want. Um, I guess the question I would have is, and and this may or may may not be directly going off your example, but let's say that um, uh, you know a a partner in in a firm um, that that work was done, a job was done at that firm that particular principle may have been tangentially involved with it a little bit, but maybe didn't do the bulk of the work. And then now that that firm splits up. And I guess the question is, who then owns, I mean, if the work was done for that firm, can any one of those principles, let's assume there's three, can any one of those principles uh, lay claim to that project i, I the, the entity owns it that is it the that entity is a owns question. it but the entity doesn't exist that. anymore so who can say they did the project or who could use that project in future marketing i guess is the question i'm well, getting the, i'm asking so so this kind of ties into some another tangent that i was thinking about was well what what happens when one firm buys another right they they basically take over ownership of all of those projects even though they didn't technically do them Right. Right. They've basically bought the talent, potentially, maybe, maybe not, that did those. And so then they get to use those even though they never did the work. So let's say my firm buys another firm who did a courthouse somewhere. Now I own the rights to show that in my portfolio as uh, a project that we're not only did but are capable of doing, even if the people who worked for that firm do not work for it anymore. And this happens all the time. <laughs> wow, that seems so timely. It's it's crazy, right? And so, and so you're what what's what's weird about this is like we're we're struggling with what images can I put on my website? And and the firm out there who you used to work for uh, says no, you can't use our images. But they do they basically do the same thing. And I know it's a little different, but but there's so many subtleties in in these arguments here that that. Uh, it's like you want to run it all through your lawyer first, and you know then you got to pay the lawyer to to tell you. It's it's a it's a muddy business, the whole copyright thing. It, it is because you know, I mean, 
it even goes down to in and this is an even further down the rabbit hole kind of example but um it was just at a you know pre-construction meeting and or sorry a, a pre-bid meeting and a lot of the contractors were asking about um well you know when can we get the CAD drawings or when can we get your Revit model and things like that? And I don't want to open up this conversational can of worms, but the engineers are looking at me like, well, we don't give that out because, you know, it's copyright. And then um, if you read further into, like, say, certain contracts with certain clients, especially larger, like, private institutions or things like that, it says that any work that you do for us, it's solely owned by us. So the copyright thing is just a, it takes so much out of you because you're like, ah, I sweat, you know, my blood, sweat and tears went into this particular project and it's my love, my creation. You know, I know more about this project than anybody else and it's not mine. And and not only that, but but you could decide to say, yeah, we, we give that away for free, right? That that is yours. And and so a lot of contracts probably start out with we we maintain ownership. And then the client crosses that part out and says, nope, yeah. I do. And then we say, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Can because we want the job. We would like the job. Thank you. Yeah. Is so, that always the way that works? Do you well, want the not job always, not? But, but yeah, you're right. It, a lot of times it does. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, get into another quick sponsor break here. This one about Roundhouse PM. We have a few questions first. So are you constantly struggling to stay on top of your projects? How yes. about constantly apologizing for past due submittals or RFIs, Cormac? Yes. No, never. No, no, no. Because you're, you stay up till like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's true. To every one of them. So no, are no, you tired true. of not having the latest drawings or pertinent information at your fingertips the moment you need them at the office or the job site? Well, that's a definite yes. Yeah. The founders of Roundhouse have certainly felt this way as well. After researching in vain for the perfect software solution, they set off to create their best project management software that would help them stay on top of their growing practice. After years of collaboration with leading software developers and extensively used by their own firm, this cloud-based solution is now available to everyone. Regardless of the size of your firm, you too can benefit from this perfect merging of real-world practice, experience, and cutting-edge project collaboration that Roundhouse PM offers, all at the very affordable price. On average, Roundhouse PM ends up only costing around $25 per project per month. Visit roundhousepm.com slash arcaspeak. That's roundhousepm.com slash arcaspeak and see for yourself everything Roundhouse PM can do for you. And while you're there, take the free test drive using a sample data project to experience firsthand how all it has to offer. That again is roundhousepm.com slash arcaspeak. And as we say, get into the Roundhouse. And thanks Roundhouse PM for sponsoring this episode of Arcaspeak. Let me just say, $25 per project per month is so little for peace of mind. I mean, that's it. And this, that's not part of the read. And this is just <laughs> part of a side plug of like, we met these guys, they're a friend of the show. They're good people that have struggled with the exact same things that we've struggled with on every project. And the difference is they, they rolled their own solution. Exactly. And they're just like, cool. you know what? 
there's so many things out there that just kind of clutter and people aren't fully understanding what architects deal with on a daily basis. We do because that's what we are. And, you know, kind of said, what's the best of everything? Let me put it together in one stop that we could really kind of solve this problem that we have. And, you know, we always talk about the work smarter, not harder. I mean, that's what they did. They created a, a work smarter. Well, I, and, and the way I see it is they 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 were their own client, right? They yeah. it's kind of like what we did. We wish that there was a show when we were in school that talked about how working in the profession of architecture was. And, and so we created this show and we talk about that. And and that's exactly what they did. They had this need. They built a tool because of awesome internet stuff. And then they they made it available to everybody else. Bet they got a website that you can find out all the information about it. Back to our topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do have a website, roundhousepm.com slash Arcuspeak. But yeah, I think in their case, the, they need a website, right? Otherwise, <laughs> uh, a cloud-based solution without a website is not going to work very well. Well, let's talk about cloud-based solutions as far as websites. So a lot of people out there will say, well, you know, I don't need my own website. I can do it all on house or I can do it all on whatever. There, there's lots of different solutions out there. I think house is probably one of the more popular ones that are specific. Or, the to, about, or like to, about me and all these other ones. Yeah. So, so what about those? I mean, do you guys think that it's a, a safe place to keep all your stuff? I mean, what I, do you think? here's, here's, here's my take on it. I think that, uh, I think you stated it really well, Evan earlier, you need to have your own place that is your own voice. That being said, I think having a presence on something like Facebook or house, you have to go to where your potential clients are going to visit. Like the widest possible audience. Well, I mean, there's a billion people that use Facebook every day, right? So, I mean, that's like one seventh of the entire world's population. So if you want to get your yourself in front of some eyeballs, you got to have a Facebook page, right? And that's today. I mean, 10 years ago, it might have been, we might have been saying, you got to have a MySpace page, or you have to have uh, a channel on AOL, or whatever they might have called those things back then. But um, it's so that may change over time. But right now, I think having a a presence or something that uh, a, a a presence really on Facebook, you, you almost have to have. In my case, I do a lot more residential work. And so having a presence on house is where clients go to. Is, is So you are saying that, that when you ask if, if where they saw you, you're saying that people have said they saw you on house. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That or, or I'll get emails directly from house where uh, people are like, oh, I you know, saw you because you can be contacted directly through the house website. So, um, you know, do I spend a lot of time curating that site? No, uh, maybe should I, um, but maybe, but, uh, but I think, you know, there's obviously a link right at the top of the page that goes directly to my website. So, um, really houses, um, a container for basically the same images that I have on my website. I throw up on house, um, add a little Pinterest for architects about it which is this kind of duplicating what's already on my website and it's there. And then I have a presence there and I do the same thing on, on Facebook. 
I guess uh, I guess my issue with this whole thing is because I and I I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I could I could very easily have a a presence on house or whatever. Um, I I don't in this case, but um, I don't like the idea of somebody sitting in a cubicle in some other city choosing to, you know, how my work is going to be presented as they see fit, which could change all the time. And and I guess what I'm referring back to Cormac, you mentioned this earlier before the show was you had a bunch of stuff on a website that went away. Right. And, And so what happens? at that point yeah i think it's very important to um you need to make sure that if you're creating content or or something that is on we'll use house in this example uh you need to make sure that that's not the only place i i guess what i i just kind of answered your question a little bit in my explanation evan is that house is kind of a duplicate of what my own website is. I mean, as far as the imagery goes, I'm not creating separate content or separate imagery that's only available on house so that if house goes away in a couple of years, um, I'm not losing anything. And so I think that's very important to, uh, to, to keep in mind here, you know, where my website, you know, as long as I keep paying the domain and, and, and paying for that, it'll go on forever. That's expensive, right? A lot of it's architects. Not that expensive. No, of course it's not. A lot of architects, though, you use that excuse, right? Oh, I don't want I don't want to pay the five or eight dollars a month uh, when someone else will do it for free. Even though it is, you know, the old adage of you got to spend money to make money. It's like the least amount of money that you could spend to actually get your name out there. Well, I mean, if five dollars a month, I mean. If if you're the architect who goes a cup out of coffee. a cup of coffee every day, you've you've spent way more on coffee uh, at 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 you know your choice of coffee house um, than you would maintaining a domain and a website. I mean, you can exactly. do this very inexpensively. There there might be websites like that that get a lot of eyeballs, but how do you stand out on those websites when your stuff looks the same as everybody else's stuff and people are scrolling through these pages at light speed and, you know, you get five seconds to make an impression? Oh, that's tough. Well, see, so so that may be the value of, like, you know, a house or whatever other thing, a Facebook page or something that, so you put up the flashy images and the, you know, and people respond well to flashy images and you're like, Ooh, I like what Neil's showing there. And then, then you click on it. And then hopefully what happens if you've caused them to stop and actually look, then maybe that's when the clickbait of like, there's Neil Pan's web site let me click to neil pan let me go over to neil pan um architect and start looking at who he is what he is what he can do for me i mean that's kind of what i'd look at all of these yeah they're the calling card they should be the calling card then get you back to a well-crafted well-curated neil Mm -hmm. web page (laughs) that kind of tells hint hint are you trying to sell me something uh, you're you're almost there. I, I guess the the hard part to me is how do you stand out in a really noisy platform like that, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. all noise, and there's a lot of shit on those uh, sites think, that is just terrible stuff. And so maybe yeah. it's it's a little bit even hard to compete with people who just put everything on their page, and you know they're just loading it up with a bunch of a bunch of junk when you're curating it down to 
maybe some really choice pieces that you hope are going to get people over to your website. I mean, honestly, I think that a time better spent on those sites is providing value to people. And so you provide value, provide value, provide value, and then you get to ask for them to come to your website. And so if there are forums or if there are ways that you can provide your expertise and help people solve their problems for free, right, just chime in, um, I think you're going to slowly build a reputation if people continue to see your name popping up all all the time as far as like providing good info um that helps build a good reputation online which could then lead people back to your website it doesn't all have to be on your website i guess is what i'm saying so if you really want to build a great online presence you need to be providing value all over the internet right so there's lots of forums out there there's lots of do it yourself stuff there's lots of um design critique kind of websites where you could be providing input to people um and then hopefully leading them back to your website at some point. All good points. I agree. That that takes a lot of time and effort. And it sure does. And sometimes we don't have time to do that or the desire either. So um, it's not something you have to do. But um, but I, I do agree that if you do do that, um, it will lead people to you. Yeah, I guess it would be interesting to know from our listeners, you know, so now's our turn to ask you guys is what do you do? What have you found works well for you in your business? I mean, there's, there's lots of architecture marketing courses out there. They're going to tell you, you need to do all this stuff. I want to know real world examples of what has worked for you. So do you have a house account? Do you have a, a page that generates leads? Do you do it all on your own website? I mean, I'm not asking for a huge explanation. I just want to kind of get a pulse of what's working for people. Yeah. And how are they, how do they, how do they do that? How do they tell us this? Evan, <laughs> well, you know, we've got a great feedback page on our website. You can use that uh, if you head over to arcspeakpodcast.com if you just have a general comment. But if you have something specific to this episode to say uh, regarding what you're using that's working well for you, just do it in the comments right on the episode page. And you can find that at arcspeakpodcast.com slash episodes slash 82 um, and if you sign up for the show notes, uh, you will get links to everything that we've talked about in this episode. And you can do that at com on just about every page there. You can sign up on the right-hand side for the show notes, and you'll get an email only when a new episode drops and no other time. So we totally respect your privacy, and we would love for you to sign up to get the show notes in your mailbox. Absolutely. And you can also go to our Facebook page too. And there's a link to uh, find that at arcuspeak.com as well. So we do have a presence there and we've been getting some good comments by the way. So we really appreciate people uh, participating. We've been posting some, uh, some videos and some other things uh, uh, to there to kind of get some conversation going. So check that out as well. All right. So does that wrap up this episode? I think that wraps up this episode. Well, thanks everyone for listening and uh, make sure you stay subscribed. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. It's a slow road that you have to walk in. You can start now or you can hang your head in despair.
perfect Baby, let's pretend We're doing 